uh, we've started our, our kids talked about the idea of understanding the Bible or the importance of reading God's Word. And we are going to stick with that theme this morning. And I think, you know, that video, some of us were all too familiar with that kind of stuff. We read certain parts of Scripture because we like it. Maybe we like the storylines. Maybe we like the concepts and what it talks about. And so we choose to read those parts of Scripture, but maybe we avoid certain parts of Scripture because maybe we just think it's boring or we think we don't need it. Uh, but this morning, I want to talk about the idea of why does the Bible matter? Why does the Bible matter? Or maybe a better way to put it, why does the whole Bible matter? Why is it important that we understand all of what the Bible has to say, not just pieces and parts of what the Bible has to say? And so we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about that this morning. That's our question. That's, that's our launching point. Why does the Bible matter? We could spend hours talking about why the Bible matters. We could spend a long time looking at that concept. But this morning, I want us to just look at a few pieces of Scripture, and we're going to look at four points of why we need to, why we need to read the Bible, why the Bible matters to us this morning. But first, I want to start... We often hear people make a lot of excuses why they don't read the Bible. And here's just a short list of them you'll see on the screen. Uh, it's just a book written by a bunch of men. It's too hard for me to understand it. I don't think it's really all that important that I need to read the Bible. Or I trust Jesus to save me, but I don't necessarily trust the Bible. You know, those are just some of the common excuses that people give for why they choose not to read the Bible or why they don't. And I think if we're honest, some of us in here this morning can say we've been guilty of saying some of those same things. Maybe having some of those same thoughts for why we justify ourselves. This is why I don't read the Bible or I don't read all of Scripture. But I want us to take a quick quiz and I think this is going to help prove my point this morning. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to list six different quotes and I want you at the end, or afterwards, I'm going to have you raise your hands in response to it. But which of these following statements are actually found in the Bible? Like quote for quote, which of these statements are found in the Bible? Cleanliness is next to godliness. God helps those who help themselves. Confession is good for the soul. We are prone to sin as sparks fly upward. Money is the root of all evil. And honesty is the best policy. So those are the six statements. And so now the question is, which of these statements are found in the Bible? By a show of hands this morning, who would say that all of these statements are found in the Bible? Okay. By a show of hands, how many would, you, would say that half of these statements are found in the Bible? And now by a show of hands, how many would say none of these statements are found in the Bible? Okay, so we had some response there, a lot of no answers. But I think as you'll see, and, and, and those of you who answered got it right, none of these quotes by themselves are in Scripture. But we often, we learn them, right? That's what we've been taught, that, that cleanliness is next to godliness. You know, that, that's how we get our kids to clean their room. God's room would be clean. Your room needs to be You know, we try to pull things like that and say that these things are true, and, and maybe there's partial truth to them, and there's some, some truth to it, 
But none of these directly come out of Scripture in what God's Word says. For example, the money is the root of all evil comes from 1 Timothy 6.10, where it says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from their faith and pierced themselves, through many, with, though with many sorrows. And so, yes, the love of money is the root of all evil is a portion of that verse, but it's not the focus of that verse. The context of this verse is the love of money, right? It's the motivation behind what this scripture is saying. So if, if we love money more than we love anything else, that's where we find ourselves getting in trouble. When it becomes our motivation for all that we do. Because money in and of itself is not bad. There's nothing wrong with money in and of itself. But when it's the driving force for all that we do, it becomes a bad thing. And that's why it's important for us not only to read the, read the Bible, but it's important for us to understand what Scripture says in all of its context. To understand the context and the culture of what Scripture was written in. Here are the four quick points that we're going to discuss this morning to answer the question, why does the Bible matter? The first one, the Bible is the inspired Word of God. Second one, God's Word is eternal. Third one, Jesus is God's Word. And the fourth one, Jesus promised to reveal Himself to us through His Word. So let's start with our first point this morning. The Bible is the inspired Word of God. It's the inspired Word of God. And we're going to break that down into two little sub-points this morning. The first sub-point of the Bible is the inspired Word of God is it's not just a book written by a bunch of men. It's not just a book that's written by a bunch of men. Kathy, can I have you come up here this morning? I'm going to ask you to do something real quick. Yep, please come up, Kathy. And I'm going to ask her to write something on this whiteboard. Kathy is writing something on this board, and we will read it in just a moment, and you'll understand why I'm having Kathy do this, and I'll explain that in just a moment. Perfect. Thank you, Kathy. So she wrote down the statement, God loves you and sent his son for us. God loves you and sent his son for us is what she wrote down on this whiteboard. And why did, why did she do that? Because I inspired her to write that on this whiteboard. Right? I inspired her to write something down on the whiteboard. So someone spoke to Kathy, I did, and then Kathy took that and she put it down on this whiteboard. And why do I share that with you this morning? Because that's how scripture was written. God inspired individuals to write down his word. It wasn't something that was man-made. It wasn't Kathy didn't come up here with her mindset that she was going to write that on the board. I inspired her or asked her to write that on the board. What does scripture say? 2 Peter 1:21. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Here we're reading that Scripture's origin is not from man. Right? It wasn't Moses going, man, I really hope that I can write books that are going to end up in the Bible. 
That wasn't what Moses was doing. That wasn't what Paul was doing when he wrote much of the New Testament. Here we see it was simply godly individuals who were prompted, who were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write down and record God's Word, which we now read today as the Bible. It says the prophets who were human, they spoke or they wrote down from the Lord what they heard as they were led by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit would speak and nudge people to write down what God was doing. And so that is how we ended up with Scripture. And so the second sub-point is that the Bible is profitable to anyone who reads it. So the Bible is God's inspired Word, and it's profitable to anyone who reads it. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 reads, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We read here, it says, All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It doesn't say some of Scripture. It doesn't say part of Scripture. It doesn't say Scripture that we enjoy is God-breathed. It says all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So all of it is necessary so that we may be equipped to do every good work that God has set out for us to do. So that we may be ready to be used of God in any way that He sees fit at any given time. We are called to always be ready to be used of God. Our second point this morning is that God's Word is eternal. In other words, there's no beginning and there's no end of God's Word. There's no beginning and there's no end. And so, Jesse, I'm going to ask you to come up here. I'm going to ask you to grab this yarn and pull it out. Just, just grab that yarn and just, just start walking with it. You're walking, you're walking, you're walking. Cut it. Okay, you're good. All right, Pastor Laura, will you come up here and grab this yarn and, and start walking away with it? Just walking, walking. We've got a knot, but she's still walking. It broke. Anyhow, this serves our point. As you guys see, the piece of yarn that Jesse has, the piece of yarn that Pastor Laura has, has a beginning and an end to it, right? There's a starting point and there's an ending point to it. But we know when we look at Scripture that it said God's Word is eternal. It's from everlasting to everlasting. There is no start and there is no end to God's Word like there was with this yarn here. And so we learn that. It says in John 1, 1, the popular verse that many of us know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning it says, with God was the Word. How? How did that happen? Because the Word was God. It's eternal, and it will never pass away. Jesus tells us about how His words will never pass away. Matthew 24, 35, it says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. They are eternal from everlasting to everlasting. Quite simply put, the Word of God has been here since the beginning of time, and it will be here forever. So what are our first two points this morning? The Bible is the inspired Word of God. 
And God's word is eternal. Our third point, again, Jesus is God's word. That's our third point of why the Bible matters. Jesus is God's word. How? It says that the word became flesh when Jesus came to earth to dwell among us. John 1.14 The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. God sent his Son, Jesus Christ, in the flesh full of grace and truth so that we could see God's glory here on earth. He walked on earth just as you and I do today. Obviously, we know things aren't 100% the same they were when Jesus was here on earth. But in the most basic sense, life is still the same today as it was then. We eat, we sleep, we go to the bathroom, we go to work. Life, you know, the simple basic things of life are still the same today. How does this tie us to the Old Testament then? You know, we, we, we can focus so much on the New Testament. Where does the Old Testament play into all this? Looking at Luke 24:44, we find Jesus telling the disciples about how He came in the flesh as Messiah to fulfill the Old Testament prophecy. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and Psalms. To Jesus is saying, I came to fulfill all of what the Old Testament had talked about in the Mosaic Covenant, in the, in the prophets, in the Psalms. I came to fulfill all that had been talked about. Both the Old and the New Testament point toward Jesus. Right? So if we think the Old Testament's here and the New Testament's here, it all points towards Jesus. Whether it's a foreshadowing of the coming of Jesus... Or it's talking about what happened after Jesus went back into heaven in the early church and the New Testament. The Old Testament foreshadows what's to come. The New Testament captures the life of Christ along with the early church that was formed after Jesus returned to heaven. It all points to Jesus in one way or another. As a result, when we come into relationship with Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we should hunger for more of God's Word. Because Jesus is God's Word. Now we have covered our first three points this morning. Right? The Bible is the inspired Word of God. Second, God's Word is eternal. And third, Jesus is God's Word. And our final point this morning is that Jesus promised to reveal Himself to us through His Word. We see Jesus all throughout Scripture when we read the Bible. As we read the Bible, the Holy Spirit helps us to understand God's Word. Right? Maybe sometimes we don't always understand it. Or we don't know how to figure out in the big picture, how does all this really fit together? In John 14, 26, Jesus tells the disciples that God is going to send them the Holy Spirit who will be with them so that they will not be left alone. It says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit is still here with us today as our helper, our teacher, our advocate, helping us to not only remember what Jesus has taught us in Scripture, but to help us understand it in a deeper and a greater way. The Holy Spirit teaches us God's Word as we listen to Him, as we spend time in prayer, as we seek the direction of the Holy Spirit 
in our lives. He helps us. The Holy Spirit also leads us to give Jesus all the glory for what has happened. John 16, 13-15 But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears. And He will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify Me because it is from Me that He will receive what He will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is Mine. That is why I said, The Spirit will receive from Me what He will make known to you or to us today. The Holy Spirit only shares with us what He has been told by Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit says, I will always give credit to Jesus for everything that I have and do. It comes from Him and His direction. And in the same way, in our lives, we understand everything we have, everything we've been given, comes from God and Jesus in their hand. And so we are to give credit to them for all that happens in our lives. The Holy Spirit receives from Jesus and then passes it on to us as our teacher and advocate. Much as we receive the gospel message and we we give our heart to the Lord, and then we are to go and take that message and share it with other people that God, they receive the glory for. Not that we do, that God will. Just as the Holy Spirit is saying, I don't do this that I may receive glory for, but that Jesus may receive glory for. So is it possible, here's a question, is it possible for someone to find Jesus from simply just reading the Bible? Is it possible for someone to receive Jesus from just reading the Bible? Yeah, absolutely, I believe somebody can receive Jesus into their heart from just reading the Scripture. Scripture gives us a very clear picture of who Jesus is and what God sent Him here to do. We also gain an understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit's role in our lives is today. When you read the Bible, you'll be able to find Jesus in both the Old and the New Testaments as we discuss. So when we read the Bible, we should always expect to see Jesus somewhere in the middle of what we're reading, regardless of what part of the Bible we may be reading through. Because He's found from the beginning all the way through to the end in Revelation. The Old Testament, the New Testament scriptures, they all point to Jesus. Jeremiah 29, 13, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So why does the Bible matter? Why is it important that you and I, we understand the scripture and we read all of it? Because of the four things we talked about this morning. God speaks to us through His Word, which is inspired. His Word is an eternal guide for you and I to live our lives. It's from everlasting to everlasting. We learn more about God through His Word because Jesus is the Word. We learn more about who Jesus is and what He did for us. And finally, Jesus reveals Himself to us through His Word. And the Holy Spirit helps us to understand Scripture, to apply it in our lives as our helper and our guide in all that we do. That is why it's so important that we understand and read the Bible so that we can be effective, so that we can reach out to those around us and the world all around us. So important. The last thing I want to do this morning before I pray and and we head off to our meal 
is I want to just recognize a couple people this morning. As this morning is, is Pastor Appreciation, and, 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 and Pastor Laura and I and Pastor Max will be honored with our meal and that time. But I want to just say a thank you to Jesse for leading our worship team, our worship ministry. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do what we do without you and the role that you play with that. And I want you to know that I appreciate you. That as a church, we appreciate you. Johnny with the youth, thank you. And Ange and, and Jesse and Kennedy for leading that ministry. Without leaders and volunteers running the different ministries within our church, we wouldn't be able to do what we do today. And so I just want to ask, let's just show our appreciation to these two gentlemen for their leadership in the church as well. Seriously, thank you guys so much. And for everyone else who volunteers, we do appreciate it so very, very much. Once again, everyone is invited to stay with us for our meal that we're going to be having. Uh, it will be served uh, out of the kitchen. Uh, and then afterwards, we're going to we're going to tear the gym down and we're going to get things set up for our fall festival on Tuesday night. So if you're able to, we would love to have you stick around for a little bit to help us get all that set up as well. So let's pray for our meal. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the opportunity we have to be together here in your house. Father, to spend time in your presence with brothers and sisters in Christ and spend time kind of looking to your word and understanding why it is so important for us to know your word and to understand it and how all of it in its totality is so important. Not just parts and pieces and bits of it, but God, all of your word is important. For you can be found in all of it. Father, I pray we would be challenged this morning to, know, to, to, to read through Scripture. That we, we, if we don't read certain parts, we would say, maybe I should start looking at that. That you would just work in our hearts, God, that we would just be open towards Scripture and be able to see it in a new and a fresh way, we pray. God, that your Holy Spirit would just illuminate Scripture to us in a powerful way. Father, we thank you so much for all that you're doing here in this church and this community and all around the world. Bless this food to our body now, we pray, as we go for a time of fellowship and be with us uh, throughout our conversation and all that we do. In your name we pray. Amen.